anger, grief, sadness is a part of the human experience. It's when we deny those feelings, those emotions, and we try and shove them down, they don't just go away. Welcome to Connect Back In Podcast. I'm Morgan King, your host, and I'm so passionate about sharing with you the spiritual concepts that have transformed my life. It is not always an easy path, but I know within my soul that if it's good on the inside, it's good on the outside. Through interviews with experts and my personal experience, we will break down how to live a spiritual life in today's society. My hope is that you find the inspiration and support you need as you explore your own journey to connect back in. Welcome to Connect Back In. It's Morgan King, your host, and I'm so glad that you're here today. As always, just want to send a reminder, if you've listened before to rate or review, it really helps the podcast, it helps people find us, and it lets me know what you think. So after this, take a second, please do that. I'd really appreciate it. I am back from Wisconsin. I went there probably two weeks ago, just over, actually it was two weeks ago today. And I found out that my grandpa wasn't doing so well. He's 91 years old, patriarch of the family, Kind of have been anticipating him to leave this earth at some point, but I don't know how you can really actually do that. Um, I remember when he turned 80, we did a slideshow of his birthday. And ever since then, I've gone back for every one of his birthdays, just assuming, hey, this could be the last one. And just like how grandpa operates, Grandpa Jim, he was going through some health issues and decided to throw in the towel from a place of courage and power. Meaning, if I can't live my life how I want to live my life, I think I'm done here. I've lived a great 91 years and I'm not here to settle. And although that was a challenging concept to accept, it's true to his core of how he is. (laughs) He's a super kind, he was a super kind and gentle person. He still is in the spiritual form, but he never looked for outside approval. He just did what he did because he knew that the decisions he was making only required his approval. So just like how he lived his entire life, That's how he finished it. So he decided to go on hospice. He stopped eating and drinking. And my sister and I flew back to Wisconsin and took care of him the last few days of his life. And it was a really insane experience for me. My sister owns a hospice. So she has a lot of experience with death and she has a very interesting view on death. I don't even know if I know what it is, but... I do know that she sees it all the time and will tell me, we got two new clients today. And I'm always like, is that a good thing? (laughs) People going on hospice, to me, that seems bad, but I know you're running a business where that's the objective. So it's really beautiful to watch her in her element. Whereas for myself, I was dealing with extreme anxiety the entire time I was there. I was trying to be present wanting to show up with good energy for grandpa. 
and I wasn't able to do the nurse things that were required. Luckily, my grandma Maxine and Jamie were able to take those over because literally seeing a sliver on someone's hand makes me want to, I don't know, just grosses me out. I'm terrible with health things. That's why I am very grateful for the nurses of the world and doctors and people that can see blood and needles and all that stuff. I just, seeing people in pain or anything out of the ordinary of what I perceive to be ordinary makes me really sick and woozy. So I was the chef and the sage burner and the pillow santo burner. And I brought the crystals and I read to grandpa and did a few things, hand massages, a facial, things like that. So anyway, I was experiencing extreme anxiety because of this duality where he made a choice. He wanted to leave this world. And based off laws in Wisconsin, unlike California, you can't just take a pill and move on. You have to go through the natural process. And while I wanted him to get his ultimate desire, which would be leaving this world, dying... I didn't want him to go. And so it was just really hard watching someone who has been such a strong foundation of my life kind of deteriorate over time. And honestly, it was quick. It was only a week. It could have been longer. And my heart goes out to the people that I know. Um, I have personal friends that dealt with family with cancer, like my Uncle Dave, who actually passed two months ago. Um, And the longevity of their deterioration and having to go through something like that with a loved one is just a wild experience. But I will say the ending of it all was such a blessing and the most beautiful experience I've ever witnessed in my life especially thinking about the next, hopefully, experience I will have that has to do with entering or leaving this world will be when I have my baby in July. And so it's just like this crazy paradox of watching someone leave and then being excited for a new life to enter. So he was kind of in his last couple hours. I didn't know if it was going to last a couple more days. I was doing my morning routine, which was consistent of finding a ticket home and figuring out how to get out of there. Um, I did that pretty much every day, even though I, I wanted to be there and support him and support Maxine, who's my grandma and my sister. I just was outside my skin, like creepy crawlers, just really freaking out. And we ended up just not even speaking it. We just all felt called to sit around him. And I put my hands on his legs. My sister was on his left side holding his hand and Maxine, my grandma, was on his right side. And we just told him how much we loved him. And my sister was feeling his pulse and she's like, it's going to happen soon. And we just expressed, it's okay. It's time to go. You know, they're waiting for you. And I watched his spirit leave his body his physical body. My sister actually at one point said, I think he's gone. And I go, nope, he's still in there. And then I I just like saw it leave. And it was such a profound representation that we are not our physical bodies. What makes grandpa grandpa was his spirit. 
and his energy, which I believe will live on forever. And I have proof of that with him now, with my uncle Dave, who passed two months ago, and then my dad, who passed three years ago. And so they're all back together again up on the other side. I like to think of it as my team that's supporting me and it gives me a lot of faith and trust in life when I assume it's not going my way or that things aren't working out because they didn't arrive in the way that I want them to or how I want them to or on the timeline that I have created I I trust it more now. And I don't know if this makes it harder or easier to deal with if it wasn't all at once. I mean, having lost the family, the the elders, if you will, like my dad, his brother, and then his dad um, in just a short period of time, I don't know if it makes it any harder or easier. People were like at the funeral because we had literally done the exact same funeral for my uncle two months ago. And my grandpa was there. And we were, because we're we're sick family at this point, having dealt with all this grief. Um, my sister actually went up for her speech and she was like, last time the microphone wasn't loud enough or something. And it made me laugh because I'm just like, what are we doing here? Um, it's almost embarrassing um, at this point. No, I'm just kidding. But a lot of people would come up to me and be like, wow, I just can't believe how much you guys have gone through in the past couple of years. And... I don't know. It just, it's a part of life. And I feel grateful that my dad was first because that was so hard. And my understanding of life and death back then just isn't what it is now. And I just feel so at peace. Perhaps maybe because it was my grandpa's choice and he was 91 and he did live an extraordinary life. But I don't know. Grief is funny. I was telling my sister, I just haven't cried as much. And I'm sad. I, I'm going to miss him, especially on those milestones on his birthday. And anytime I go back to the campground, Christmas, you know, his phone calls, his letters telling me how proud he is of me. But I said to him all I needed to say, especially over these last 10 years, and nothing was left unsaid. So I'm at peace with that and ready to create this new relationship with him on the other side. So wasn't necessarily planning on going into that, but just felt called to do so. And I feel honored that I have a group of people, listeners who tune in and hopefully that resonated with you on some level or touched you. Maybe you're experiencing grief yourself or it reminded you of a loved one or whatever. So into the episode a little bit more is based on this experience. So when I was under all of that anxiety um, last or 10 days ago, whenever it was, timing's irrelevant for the story, but um, my grandpa had since passed. So he passed on Sunday, I think it was the 27th of March. And now it's time to plan I didn't want my grandma to have to do anything and my sister was pretty distraught. So I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll take the heel on this. Not to mention pregnancy brain is a real thing. <laughs> I, I know that's just a belief and it creates my reality, but oh my gosh, like literally left my car running and then just come in the house. Like just weird things that I would never do. I just 
just using only a certain percentage, the baby has the rest right now. So they put me in charge, which may have been um, a disaster from the beginning. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But there is quite a few things to do, especially because we wanted to have the ceremony on Thursday or myself actually, so I could get the heck out of Cumberland, my hometown. I just wanted to go home and be in my space so I could grieve and like I had been gone for two weeks, et cetera. So we start scheduling everything. And the next morning, the first thing we had to do was meet with the pastor. We discovered that he's available on Thursday. We're going to do it at this time and a visitation at this time and then the, the service following. So I draft up the obituary, which comically my grandfather wrote himself about a year ago because he doesn't like fluff and he didn't want us spending words talking about how great he was. <laughs> even like when his humor is hilarious, super dry. And just, he was, it, I don't even know if it, this was him being humorous. He was just so matter of fact. And when people were coming the week of him um, deciding to cross over while he was on hospice, people would say, you know, Jim, like, wow, you've made my life so incredible and you're the greatest man I've ever known. And he'd be like, what is this, an obituary? <laughs> It's like, just let let people express to you how much they love you, but he, he wasn't into it. So anyway, he wrote his own obituary. It was very straightforward. He actually put in a sentence that I was very surprised by. That was like, um, not just information. But anyway, at the end, I had to add in uh, service to be at First Lutheran Church in Cumberland, Wisconsin, except like all the details of the service. And I sent it out to the Eau Claire paper, which is a local paper that we wanted to send it to, our Cumberland, Wisconsin paper, which is in the city that he was um, living in, and various other publications. So sent it out to five or six or so. And then I had to leave really quickly and go pick up my husband, Tyler, from the airport because he had flown in that morning. And as I'm driving to the airport, I'm on the phone with a girlfriend of mine. And I'm like, oh, no, I put the wrong time for the service. So I had put visitation from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. and then the service at 3 p.m. It's like, why would we make it an hour after? I don't know, just wasn't thinking. So my sister sends it to people. It's already been emailed out to like a ton of people. We posted it on Facebook. It's sent to all the newspaper publications and I'm in the car and I'm just like, oh gosh. So the most immediate one was the local paper where he lived in Cumberland. So I called them and was like, hey, I'm just calling to confirm that you got this because I know your deadline is noon and I want to let you know that there needs to be changes made on the times. And I also sent an email while driving. Don't do that. I'm not recommending it. And I was like, okay, cool. We're, we're settled up there. So I changed it everywhere else when I landed the car and all is well, right? So we're moving forward. And then I go, I did a post on Instagram about it as well. And my sister's mother-in-law had asked, oh, is it at 3 p.m. or 2 p.m.? I saw it was at 3 p.m. And I had just assumed, I made up a whole story in my mind that it had to have been the paper that I called to confirm that they printed it incorrectly. So when you're grieving and when you're upset and you're filled with anger and you're not necessarily dealing with it because maybe you have a lot going on, when something does happen that triggers you, it is the target. It gets 
all that anger dedicated to it. And so that's what happened. All of the anxiety from the past week, all the grief of losing my grandpa, not losing, I hate that word actually, crossing, he crossed. He's still very much here. Um, But all of that tension that I was holding inside of me because I had to operate. I had to plan this funeral. I had to go pick up my husband. I had to be there for my sister, my grandma, et cetera. So I just lost it (laughs) irrationally. I was with my husband, just so angry. Like, how dare they? Oh my gosh, what a BS. Like, I'm going to email them. I'm going to go down there tomorrow. I'm going to yell at them. Like, just so out of my character. And then I got mad at myself for getting mad and being so unkind towards these people. But like, how dare they do me wrong? I was embarrassed because I didn't want my grandma to know that I sent out the wrong time. I thought she would be mad at me. I thought my sister would be mad at me. And then I was like, oh my gosh, all these people are going to come an hour later and they're going to miss the whole service. So I just made up this whole thing from this one little comment. And I lost my shit. (laughs) There's no other way to explain it. So... I oh uh, this is a fun little part of the story that I'll share. I just decided to go into this family room at my parents' house and cry in the dark, which I never go in this room. And if I by myself, especially, it's more of just like where we hang out. But if I go in the room, I normally turn the light on. And I was like, no, I'm just going to sit in the dark and really, really sit in my misery, right? And a lightning storm started, and it's basically still winter there. There's snow on the ground. It was snowing. And my grandpa's nickname for me was lightning. So that was pretty cool because if I would have gone up to my room, I wouldn't have seen it. And it was only because I decided to go into this room and sit in the dark and wallow that the lightning storm started. And my husband came in and he actually pointed it out to me because I was so caught up in my misery and frustration that I didn't see it. And he was like, wow, look, a lightning storm... Like, didn't your grandpa call you lightning? I thought that was pretty cool. So moving forward, days go on. I text my sister too and get her all hopped up in it. I'm like, gosh, what a terrible paper. <laughs> I don't know how they how they run business. And I start talking to someone, I believe it was Wednesday before the service. So the service timeline-wise is going to be the following day. And they're like, I don't think the paper comes out until Thursday. And I was like, oh, really? Huh. Well, I wonder where they got this information from. So I don't really think too much about it. Anyways, service happens. Nobody shows up at 3 p.m., thank God. (laughs) Not that we know of. (laughs) It was really beautiful service. Um, Things went really well. And then I get back home on Friday I wake up Saturday morning and I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to go online and see what's going on here. And they have an e-version of the paper. And lo and behold, I click on obituaries and they put in the correct time. So there's a couple of morals from this story that I wanted to share. The first one is your perception, your story about something creates proof based on your beliefs and creates a reality. So 
what ultimately happened was my sister's mother-in-law who had asked about the time was just asking because everything we had posted on Facebook that morning said 3 p.m. and then we changed it to 2 p.m. So then she was like, well, is it 3 or 2? I don't know. So she wasn't even saying that she had saw the paper or anything like that. I just took that and I ran with it. And I found proof and created a whole slew of follow-up steps that were going to happen because of this error. I made it mean that... I am not organized, that I have pregnancy brain, that my grandma was going to be mad at me, just so much stress and anxiety. And for what, right? Like even if they had printed it wrong, who cares, right? I know in that moment when something like that happens, it can consume us and it becomes our focus and takes all of our attention. And it's really hard to break away from something like that. But this was yet another lesson that our perception of something is just so powerful. And instead of getting angry is to inquire and get curious, hmm, I wonder where this is coming from. And oftentimes the trigger is because of a belief that you hold about yourself. And so mine was like, I have pregnancy brain, I'm disorganized, I don't have attention to detail. Um, And this was a great representation of that story coming to life. So that's kind of the first thing is when you assume a story that's not serving you, is there another way to perceive the story? Can you see things in a different way. Maybe not at that moment because you're really trapped up in that story, that frustration. But when you take a step back, what are you making it mean? So that's the first thing. And then the second thing, which I've talked about before on other episodes, is the orange and the orange juice analogy. So whatever you use, whatever mechanism you use to juice an orange, orange juice is going to come out whether it's a hand juicer or electric juicer, or you just squeeze it, orange juice is going to come up. So it doesn't matter what the mechanism is to get the juice out because it's filled with orange juice. And it's just like us humans. When we're filled with anger, with grief, with upset, whatever the mechanism that can trigger the juice to flow, if you will, those things will be released. So what are you filled with? And what are you holding inside of you? And it's not to say that those emotions are wrong. Anger, grief, sadness is a part of the human experience. It's when we deny those feelings, those emotions, and we try and shove them down, they don't just go away. They sit there and they fester and they wait to be triggered and then they release themselves. So have you ever allocated negative energy, emotion, feeling towards something or someone that didn't deserve it because simply you weren't processing your emotions. You were ignoring them or not allowing yourself the space or the grace to feel them. You were trying to deny those emotions, saying that they're bad, they shouldn't be there, assuming that they'll then go away. They don't go away. They just go somewhere a little dormant maybe, until you get triggered and then you allocate all of that energy towards that circumstance person thing. 
which is exactly what I did. My irrational behavior around this experience was caused by the fact that I wasn't dealing with my emotions, which was fine. It had been 24 hours. Like, I'm not shaming myself for this experience whatsoever. It was more just, hmm, interesting. Another thing to take note of, and just how important it is that we give ourselves space and time to deal with whatever we're dealing with. There's no rushing. And I think with grief in general, there's no right or way to do it. And it's so weird. It's so weird and it's a cycle. And actually my grandpa's sister, Jean, had a great analogy and she was like, it's like a scar. Like maybe the wound isn't open, but the scar is always there and you learn to live with it. It doesn't go away. It just becomes a part of you. And even then that scar can sometimes reopen. That wound can reopen just for no reason at all. You hear a song that reminds you of that person or a phrase or a story or something that reminds you of them. And that's all part of this. Nothing has gone wrong. We are meant to feel and to allow ourselves to process whatever it is that we're going through. And grief isn't just about people crossing over. Grief can be about losing a job or a friend or a relationship or a house or gaining something new and then having to let go of something old. Grief can be anything. So I really don't know what the subject is going to be about today's episode, but I guess it's just another reminder that you're doing it right. Everything is well. Nothing has gone wrong. You're exactly where you should be. And to me, that is the message of the century. It always brings me peace and allows me to let go and allow. So thank you as always for listening and until next time. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, then head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. We sincerely appreciate your feedback. Stay tuned for another episode of Connect Back In and thank you for listening.